welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming. I'm so excited. Like we just You're said, so we're welcome. vibing. So we're vibing, totally vibing. Yeah. Here for it. Yeah. Okay. I'm jealous. I wish my like background was cooler. Like I could totally put in one of those like weird Zoom ones, but I always feel so weird. <laughs> yeah. I, it doesn't match because it's like, well, my school, they have like a background that you can have. Um, like then you're like floating, you're like a floating head. Exactly. There's a river in our campus. So it just looks like the, like all the professors are in the <laughs> river teaching stuff. I'm like, I miss being on campus, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, uh, I could just run out and fuck. It's, is it nice enough to do that? You can do that. So right now it is, but like it was the, when I did it, it was in September. Mm. So it's like mm -hmm. kind of cold. It was really mm -hmm. cold. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm also city ballsy. Pool, so I'm used to heated pools. Oh, yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> heated pools. I don't even remember the last time I was in a pool. Um, Very much like a body of water type person. Oh, yeah. Like, I can do it, but just my lungs are shit. So I just like, I can try, I can like survive, but I'm just yeah. really low. <laughs> yeah. I just, it's more of like a nature thing for me. Like your environment matters. Like if I'm going to be in water, I'm like, I would rather just like a not smell chlorine and be like, you know, like the weird echo. Like I used to swim as a kid, like that weird echo you have in like a pool. It yeah. Just, and it's all the kids. You'll never forget it. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you never like remember it. Like you think about it and you hear it. Yeah. That's like, did you ever watch Mr. Bean? Yeah. Oh God. Like one more thing in the pool. And it's like, it's so accurate because of like, like, like what, what he's doing in his video is also Mr. Bean so cool. gross like <laughs> oh he's so funny he's so funny I grew up watching him like yeah. my dad loved that, explain, that explains like so much of like who I am now because I watched him <laughs> wow well here we are he was so funny he was so funny icon icon he is iconic where's Mr. Bean now like really <laughs> want to know we should google that we should <laughs> where is he now where are they now? where's the teddy bear i want to know where the teddy bear is and also how old would he be now i feel like he's one of those people that wasn't actually that old like how they make like i don't know people on the oc or dawson's creek or all these like teen dramas they're like 28 yeah like glee <laughs> we're 30 year olds playing high school students yeah you're like cool okay end of the questions <laughs> <laughs> we've gotten sidetracked um so what original <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so what originally made you want to inspire others uh great question okay. i honestly if i'm being hundo p which i always am it i i i don't think there was a moment where i was like okay I want to inspire others. I mean, I didn't even think I would mention this already, but I, being a journalist or being a journalist by, by trade, like literally learning how to be one and then working in the industry, I learned how important everyone's story was, right? Like I really learned how valuable a story was and giving humans a voice. Because what I find is that humans like to tell you their story they like to talk about themselves but there's a lot of layers to that like you can't just ask somebody hey like tell me who you are and I'm 
most times they're going to be like surface level, like, well, I'm like a mom or I'm a nurse or a wife or I'm a dog mom and a cat mom. And it's, you'll notice, you'll notice that like, like they will say things that have nothing to do with who they are. And it's an attachment thing, right? Like, you know, okay. Strip down those layers. Like, who are you? Like before you were a mom, right? You were a human. Like before you went to nursing school and became a nurse, you were a human, like tell me about you. And that was really cool. So being a journalist and asking a lot of questions, I was always inquisitive growing up, um, made me realize that like people just need to understand the value of their story. Like we're all here, we made it, you know, whatever percentile of the chances are that we're even human beings and we're breathing is crazy. I forget the stat. It's like something crazy, 70 billion. I don't know. Um, and I'm like, people just don't do it enough. They don't understand the value of their own story. And then I'm saying that because I didn't, right? Like I didn't understand the value of my story. I am like a tumbleweed, you know, I was in journalism. I did that for like 10 years. I loved it. I always thought I wanted to be Lois Lane when I, when I grew up. And then I was, and then I was like, shit, this is not sustainable for the rest of my life. I'm on call. I'm writing about dead people. I am, you know, knocking on people's doors, asking them about their son being shot. Like it just wasn't, it's not my vibe. Like, come on. I'm like, I like poop rainbows. It wasn't my thing. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to like, you know, switch gears. And I started traveling just for me, like to fit, you know, typical, like find yourself. And then I did, I did. I was like, you know what? I'll just do travel. I'll just work and travel. And then I did that for over 10 years. And in the process, came up against some pretty gnarly eating disorders and just a lot of disordered behaviors when it came to my body um, and didn't really notice it was happening because I was moving so fast, right? My life was moving at this like light year. It felt like a light year pace. Like I literally would travel between time zones and, you know, I would leave somewhere in the morning and then end up somewhere. It was still morning, even though like hours and hours had passed and I was working like just not like 24 hour days sometimes. Right. And it's kind of hard not to have disordered eating patterns when you're, you know, living through a full day and working that whole day. But I didn't realize a, that it was happening and B that like coming out the other side or even sharing the process was inspiring until I did it. Like, honestly, until I was like, one day I literally was just like, I just, social media is great for that. I just wrote a post, you know what I mean? And somebody DM'd me and said like, wow, thank you for being so vulnerable. And I was like, was that vulnerable? Like, you know what I mean? You're, you always second guess yourself. And they're like, yeah, like totally. Like I had, I would have no idea that this is something that you go through. You're super confident and you're radiant and you're like bright and whatever. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. You know, this is, it was, I was like a light bulb moment. So I'll say in that moment, I remember being like, wait, okay. Somebody just people in general need to highlight the real, right? Like social media and life, quite frankly, is a highlight reel. I've always said, it's like my, my shtick. It's my saying, I say, you got to highlight the real, you have to. And listen, I love a good bright lip and fake lashes and a nice preset on Lightroom and like bright clothes and freaking pre-workout dance parties. Yeah, That's my jam. But I will also talk about how 
it's not the easiest thing in the world to be 35 attempting to get pregnant and battling with her body every single day because that bitch is about to change some more. Like, and it's like, it's not easy to have those conversations, but I almost enjoy that I have that platform where people are like, oh, okay. Like, okay. It's like not just sunshine and rainbows all the time. And when I do say something serious, it's like, oh shit. Like, okay, cool. Like it's not always peaches for AMQ. And I think that that was when I was like, if you don't see the change, just be the change. It's pretty simple, right? That's it. Like me a year ago, me two years ago, I wouldn't be caught dead, like showing parts of my body that have cellulite dimples or stretch marks or varicose veins. But then I realized one day I was like, yeah, here's the thing. They're there whether or not I show the world. And if the internet doesn't see it and then somebody meets me in real life, like, and I look different than I do online, I'm not doing anybody a disservice but me. So I just was like, this is real shit. Like, you know, and, and we're blessed to live in a world now where that is being highlighted more. And in, in the process, people like you and me feel more comfortable to share who we really are and actually be authentic. And it's not just like a buzzword. Okay, Siri. And it's not just a buzzword, but I genuinely think it was like, because I did, this is a very long answer, but it was because I just showed up. We right? like those. I was like, I just was like, okay, I'm just, honestly, I use social media for what it was for to be social and to share. Cause that's literally what it's for. And in the process, I learned like, oh shit, people actually need this. They need this story. And then I'm done. I promise after I say this. Um, and then I also realized, okay, well I'm 35 when I was in my early twenties and really had it like really had eating disorders. Or when I was in my teens and I had disordered eating, but I didn't have access to the internet and Google, I sound like a dinosaur, like we do now. I would have really liked somebody like me to show me the way. And even if I was like secretly watching, like many people do, you know, it's like that whole, you know, you you don't know who you're inspiring. And to be honest, I inspire myself and that's enough. Like it gets me through the day knowing that like somebody is, kind of relying on me to show up and share my truth. Um, and even if that person's just me, but yeah. Well, I think as, that answers that question. As someone in her early twenties herself, I, you've inspired me. So yay. I appreciate, it. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, I love seeing your smiling face every time I, I'm on my, Instagram. oh my God, that's my girl. Yeah. <laughs> But no, I, it's so funny because I never used to smile. And like, people tell me that all the time. They're like, my friends that like know me, know me, like my bar star days, like I'm, I'm a semi-retired bar star. Okay. I'm not like, I didn't, didn't put up my, like my heels yet. Okay. But so when, give me the right environment and the right people or fine. But they, like my friends, like from the bar days are like, wow, like you never, it's so crazy to think like, you never used to smile. You were so, and it has nothing to do with my smile. My smile looked exactly the same as, as it does now. It's a confidence thing. Like when you start being who you really are. And I remember thinking like, I'm having the best time. I have the best friends. I'm drinking every day that ends with why I'm living my best life. Like I'm totally happy. Uh, no, <laughs> I wasn't. And like pictures do tell a lot. Like you, you think they don't, but like they do. 100%. And I was, I was having like a great 
a great time, like dancing on the dance floor with all my best friends, but yet I looked miserable in photos. Like, you know what I mean? So it's so interesting. People are like, your smile is contagious. Cause I'm like, fuck, I literally never used yeah, to smile. I know that's like, no, that's really like me. And like with, um, I will talk more about eating disorders too. I had an eating disorder and like, I have depression. And a lot of this happened at a really young age because I was born with anxiety. So I was mm-hmm. born with a chemical imbalance. Like I, that, that's just how my genetic makeup is. Yeah. Um, and so I used to like literally not be able to look at myself in the mirror. And so like, I feel that. And so to be able to like see myself now and I'm like, it makes me kind of emotional. Just like, if I look back and think about how I was and like who I wanted to be and seeing myself being who I want to be now, it's like really, really cool. Yeah, it is super cool. It's like a little (laughs) caterpillar butterfly moment, you know? And like, yeah. Okay. (laughs) You said a lot, but like a lot of it was like, like we think very similarly because like I'm in psych and I love it. And it's personality. And learning yes. that everybody has a story. Everybody's life is completely different. Everybody sees life completely differently. And so that, totally. that's how I totally get I totally get it. I totally get it. And they're so like, you, you, you see those like kitschy, like your story matters, like be yourself and all that stuff. And the reason we don't listen, oh, sorry, I just froze. The reason we don't listen is because we think it's cheesy, right? Like you, I, listen, I, five years ago. Cause that's when I like started my whole wellness journey and started really sharing my journey. But like, really, really, it was like two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, once I'd like, you know, flex that muscle, like that confidence muscle enough to actually share the real and the raw. But I used to roll my eyes to the point of like migraines at people like me, oh, yes, we like this Miss Sassy, like I would roll my eyes. Like people would, like, you know, people like, I'd, you know, DM people and be like, you should join my community. They'd be like, like, and I'm like, yeah, I've been there, been there. No, I know what that's like. You don't like me because I'm happy. And I hated happy people too, because hurt people hurt people. And people think like, seriously, I've had people be like, there's no way like you're real. There's no way this is who you are. I'm like, bitch, it is. Like, like, here's the thing. When I have bad days, everyone fucking knows about it. When I have good days, everyone knows about it. Sometimes I talk about having bad poops. Like, you know, I just share Mine everything. Good. Mine have been good recently, actually. Yeah, see, me too. But like, you know, it's like what I, you are, you can be. It is not a crazy idea, an unattainable thing to create happiness in the stage that you're in in your life. Like, the problem is seeking it outside. And that's what I did for so long, right? Like, and that's what I was saying about when you ask somebody who they are and they go right to like mom, dog mom, nurse, and it's all external validation instead of being like, you know what? I'm an empath. I'm extremely enthusiastic about everything I do. I'm, I know what you're feeling before you know what you're feeling. Exactly. I'm a highly sensitive person, like shit like that. Like that's the stuff, but nobody will describe themselves as that. Why? Because you know how much work that takes? Like it takes a lot of work to even understand. Like for me, I used to walk into a room and I would tell my husband, like my then boyfriend, right. I would like walk into like a pre-drink or something. Right. And I'd be like, yeah, this isn't going to go well. (laughs) He would just be like, he would be like, what? I'm like, I just, it's not, it's not a good, yeah. things oh, are happening really here. Oh, and I was always right. You know what I mean? Like I was always right. Like sometimes I would like be a smart person and, you know, set a boundary and leave. And most times though, you know, trying to party, you're like, oh, listen, maybe if I just take some shots, my empathy will like go away, which it did kind of, you know, until uh-huh. you're like, oh shit, that was so right. Like I 
but you know how much work that takes to be like, oh, that's like a real thing I feel. Okay, let me look into this. Like, is this a thing? You talk to therapists and you do your own work and you work through it and you do personal development. Like, yeah, I used to roll my eyes at people like me too because I was not prepared to, listen, I didn't like myself. So the idea of taking time to learn more about myself, who I didn't like, made no sense. Like, why was I going to do that? Of course, I was rolling my eyes at people who were like, read this book, listen to this podcast. Really now like I am you. a podcaster. That was a little <laughs> like me when I was 13 with my therapist. She'd be like, do this. And so I'd be like, why won't I listen to you? Yeah, same. Like, I'd be like, but, no. Okay, if you want to do, okay, do you want to do a really fun, like, personality test? Sure. Right, on, right now? Yeah, it's like kind of cool. It's pretty nice. Cool. Let's do it. What's your favorite color? Definitely red. Okay. Does leopard print count as a color? Because that's also leopard print. I love the leopard print. I like leopard print too. I think, okay, we can try with leopard print, but tr- let's try it with red first. I think let's go with red. It's fine. Okay, yeah. Why in three words, describe why you like that color. Like, why do you like red in three words? Ooh, okay. Represents love. Okay. Represents passion. Mm-hmm. And it's fierce. And okay. so am I. That's what you, that's how you want to be seen. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's what, that's so it's, I, I forgot where I learned that it was probably TikTok, but it was a thing that said like what you like about your favorite colors, how you want to be seen as a person. Wow. That's true. Yeah. That's, <laughs> my, my favorite color is bright ass green. Like if you can't see it from the moon, it's the wrong color. <laughs> so like behind you? literally yeah like we're talking like limes yeah okay here I'll show you so this is something I said this in another interview before but okay so when I first started as a mental health advocate I thought the first thing to do was to look at the mental health awareness ribbon I'm gonna ask you to look up what the mental health to look up the mental health uh, awareness ribbon and tell me what color you see okay and my favorite color has always been green Oh my gosh. It's very green. It's not like evergreen. It's like green. It's like lime green ish. It's like a mix between lime. I don't know. It's, yeah. That's it's my favorite color. <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite color. Crazy. Yeah. Wow. So when I saw that, I just kind of had the moment where I just looked at it. Like... Yeah. And you're like, okay, I'm doing the right thing. I was like, oh shit, like I can't back I love those moments. It's set. It's set. (laughs) It's like the universe is literally like, literally I said yesterday. So for those that don't know, hi, hi, I'm AMQ and I'm half of a podcast co-host squad duo thing. Um, Myself and my friend Becca have a podcast called I Got You Boo. And yesterday I was talking to Becca about something and she was literally like, this is a literal moment where the universe is like, I got you, boo. <laughs> like, <laughs> she's, I'm like, that's why we called the pod that. Like, that was the whole point. Like, that's the whole idea. Love and that. she was like, seriously, like, this is one of those moments. And I was like, right, that's true. And like, sometimes, you know, when you do something, you kind of forget, right? Like, we named the podcast for a reason that, you know, that reason. Like, we want to be a safe space. We want people to feel like we have them, you know? Okay, do you know who Fran Drescher is? Yeah. Okay, my queen. Um, She's the so best. What, where is she now? What is she doing now? She's doing her own health movement because <gasps> she had uterine cancer and she beat its ass and then started a movement all about health and well-being and catching it in the first stage. Yes, we love her. 
come on no way yeah and she does mental health stuff and I'm a mental health activist and I would love to be her little mental health sidekick I'm manifesting it happening wow I did I did I learned so much about her just now I had no idea yeah I just was so Baxter Boys loyal like I was the girl with like the posters on her walls and on the ceilings like I was just I love that I was like that with high school musical (laughs) oh my god trying to think of like children celebrities that are like I mean, Justin Bieber took a turn. Oh, I was such, I was such a big believer. I had the sheets, okay? Listen, Justin Bieber was the modern day Nick Carter, okay? I wanted to, I promised one world tickets and I didn't get to see him. Oh, really? Heartbroken. Man, he, like, Justin Bieber is literally the modern day Nick Carter. Baby is also one of those songs that will play in, like, in the back of my head. Oh, yes, that's a good one. Yeah. an OG Nick, Nick Carter and Aaron Carter like were melded together that's that's literally Bieber now <laughs> maybe I could like I would ju- I can just like scream baby at like three in the morning I will just like be jamming to that song at three in the morning I'm not even kidding it's literally such a ridiculous song it's because it says nothing song. it's such a good song it says nothing though it slaps I don't care how many- it has no <laughs> message literally no yeah, purpose like no it doesn't love and she left him and he was like baby 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 no baby 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 oh okay <laughs> oh my God. totally that was the biggest sidetrack i don't even remember what the last question was <laughs> <laughs> it was still the it was still the first one no you asked me a second one no i didn't i only asked the first one. Oh wow okay What was your experience with an eating disorder like? Um, I now know that I've had, that I actually have battled with four. So um, when I was a kid, so probably, I don't know, let's say like around 10 would be probably the first time I became aware of my body in a way that I was making decisions as a result of my body and how it looked. So I was a competitive gymnast and I want, I was like, I was literally competitive from like, I will, I will, we'll say like from eight to 18. And then when I went to university, I was like, you remember, cause I had like two and a half hours each way. I couldn't even coach. Cause like, where was the time? There was no time. So that's like, obviously you're in that environment. You're in a very competitive environment. So like, it didn't really affect me for a long time. And then when I turned 10, things were changing. So I got my period very early. Like all those things happened to me. Puberty happened early for me. And, um, my mom took me into like wherever it was to get these, like, you know, the little onesie, the little leotard with the little shorts and whatever. And I put, I like literally put one on. And I remember having a complete meltdown in this fitting room because I put on this leotard. And when I put it on, I saw like a dimple in my left leg, the front of my left leg. I still have that fucking dimple, okay? It's like the bane of my existence. And I like, every time I see it, I remember this memory. It's ridiculous. But I freaking, it was like the biggest meltdown. I was like, no, you need to get longer ones. Like, well, and I'm like, my mom has no idea what's going on, right? Like she has no idea why I'm having this meltdown. I'm not even making sense. And I'm like pointing at this like dimple in my thigh that like I see. And she's like, you know, and I'm like explaining to her, but I didn't know what I was pointing to. So like, I didn't know, that it was a cellulite dimple. I didn't know that. All I knew was that I knew my mom to always complain about those things on her legs. She would hide them, not wear shorts, talk about how much she hated it, talk about how she wanted to get liposuction and all these procedures. And so 
I immediately was like, I've got to hate them too. Right. Like that's, it's learned behavior. And I just, it was terrible. It was terrible. And I remember honestly, from that day forward, like every decision I made was body driven. And I wasn't like, as a kid, I wasn't overweight, um, ever, but everything, like I always had a bigger booty. I always had, I'm 4'10 and a small, small chick with smaller boobs and a big butt and like chunker legs. Like I've always, I mean, I was a floor gymnast. That's why like I needed them. And I've had stretch marks on my legs since I was like seven, because I had a growth spurt, not in like a height way, but in a muscle forming way. Mm. And so I've had like, you know, stretch marks don't scare me because I've had them. I've always known them to be there. Like, it's not really a thing like, oh, I'm gonna get pregnant and have stretch marks. Like it's gonna suck, but who cares? Like I have them. So that's really liberating. Then when I went to university, I went from literally training for like four hours a night, five to six days a week, plus like doing dance and like, I don't know, bike riding with my dad and doing all these other things to literally nothing. Like I would go to the gym at Ryerson sometimes, but like, I didn't know what to do. Cause like, I didn't ever spend time in like a gym gym, you know? Um, and I just found lots of weight real quick. Like it was aggressive, like really aggressive. And my mom being my mom and being a cereal, cereal dieter was like, well, it's fine. Like, we'll just do like Weight Watchers together. Oh, that didn't work. We'll just do Bernstein, you'll just inject shit into your body. It'll be great. You'll starve yourself. You'll eat a mel- you melbatose, celery sticks, and some peanut butter every day, some applesauce. Like, unbelievable. And I didn't know this was happening. You don't know, right? Like, it's your mom. Think about it. Like, you watch your mom your whole life. It's your mom. Like, you learn from them. And, you know, I just, I remember like literally doing those and then dropping so much weight, like, so much weight. And I was like sickly. And when you stop, it's not sustainable, right? Obviously. So like you eat anything and your body no longer trusts you. So my issue is at 35 years old, I have fluctuated. Like I have piles of clothes, not because I choose that, but because on any given day, I am, I'm like fucking seven sizes. Like it's, that's just who I've always been. It's how my body is. And it's because I screwed myself. Literally, scientifically speaking, my body doesn't trust itself. It still goes into like hibernation mode when I eat something. It like holds on to it like it's going to be their last meal. Like my body's like, <laughs> like military, like ration styles. Mm-hmm. And I, I realized that like in my early 20s, I was like, shit, like I, I, I like one week I go from, I start eating carbs, like not even aggressively, just like eating carbs. And it's like a large acquisition of weight. And it's just like, because- that's not sustainable. Now, because of that, so that was disordered eating. But I was like, well, I don't want to like, I can't like not eat, right? Like people, people can ask me like, what the fuck's going on? I'm a very social person. I'm always around people. So naturally, like the best option <laughs> was to eat and then like binge and then purge. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think anything of it because I was like, my simple, my simple math brain, because I don't do math was like, okay, like, Plus and then minus, and then you're even, right? Plus then minus. Yeah. You'll never gain weight, which is a lie. Um, It's just a lie because eating disorders don't have a look. They just don't. Everybody's always like, you don't look like you have an eating disorder. You look like you're very well fed. Like you're super curved. Fuck you. Like, excuse me? (laughs) So, you know, you don't. That happened. Yeah. yeah. So no. that happened for years. So like bulim- I had bulimia for, I was like actively bulimic for like all through my bar star years, my twenties. Um, 
And like, I didn't lose, like, here's the thing. I became addicted to the thought that it would work. So like, I guess it wasn't working. It wasn't working. My body was like, literally like, no, okay, this is stupid. I was one of the lucky ones though. I was one of the lucky ones because I didn't have to be hospitalized. I was aware I could like feel my body when it was like, that's been too many purges today. Like I was very aware. I've always been super self-aware and I was one of the lucky ones. But finally, when I was like, I need help, I knew that I didn't have it in me to get it myself. So then I started just being obvious. So where I would be in social situations where I would say no to going to, let's say a pre-drink, if I didn't know if there was like a private bathroom, I would just go anyway. And if I chose to purge and somebody heard it and asked me about it, I would like be weird, but like not argue it. And over time, not much time either. I have only guy friends. Like, I mean, now I have female friends, but in my twenties, I I had my crew, my crew of dudes. And like, it's tough for your guy friends. Like who, like I was the, I was like the girlfriend, like the, you know, (laughs) there was no, like I was held in the palm of their hands, these eight beautiful human beings. Like I was like their little everything. And so they're like, fuck, like, how do I deal with this? And that was the hardest part is like, they would ask me and I'd be like, I'm, what are you talking about? Like, and they like wanted, I could tell that they like wanted to believe me, but they like knew something was up or I would be like, I'm obviously just drunk, which is totally believable. Cause I was a wreck. I was a train wreck yeah. back then. And probably not having much in your system and then drinking a lot. That's also not good. No, exactly. But yeah. I was like, I'm just drunk. Okay. Like, and you know, I would like lie and, and like, finally they dying, just, but like, yeah. finally they got it. They were like, okay. And they like got me help and all that stuff. And I was grateful for it, but I didn't want the help. And so I would have been like in my mid twenties and I wasn't like, I was convinced that I was like, I have, con- again, cause I'm a control freak. Okay. Enneagram eight wing seven. I'm a control freak. Who's a con- like, I'm con- extremely confrontational and a non-conformist. So like anybody tells me what a rule is, I'll break it. Cause just cause, cause just cause I want to just because I'm testing the waters. <laughs> so they, I just, I was like, what do you mean? I got this. Like, I know when to stop. I don't need to, it's like when people are like, I can stop smoking at any time. Like I'm not addicted. Like it's the same attitude. So I went and got therapy and did all the things, but like, I was convinced I didn't have a problem. So you can't get rid of that problem. Right. And so I just continued like living my life, la di da di da But I was like, well, it's not working. So I'm just going to like, you know, if I know I'm going to go drinking tonight, I'm going to go, you know, do a general calculation of how many calories I want to drink. And I'm just going to go to the gym and not leave until I've burned that many calories. Like we're talking like mm-hmm. I wouldn't leave. And I, I was like, and now only now this year, since creating the podcast, did I know, did I understand that I actually, it was orthorexic. I didn't even know that that was an eating just, like, I didn't even know that was a thing. So many of these illnesses are invisible. You know what I mean? And I didn't even know that orthorexia was a thing. Yeah, the and only thing I know it is because I'm studying it. Yeah, like I had no fucking idea. I am like full disclosure, like somebody who's worked in this space for years and like, yeah, I work out very often and some people could p- potentially look at me now and they're like, you're doing it too much, you're doing too much. And I do get that a lot, right? Like people, people are assholes. People are like, oh, AMQ, you work in the fitness space, you work every day, you work out every day, like you don't look like it. Like people are just assholes, you know? 
And you're just like, well, I don't look like it because I'm no longer abusively treating my body. Like it's fine. It's not a punishment anymore. It's, it's a privilege, but people just don't get it. And that's the issue with like diet culture and honestly, society in general on how we fe- how we see movement is I'm all about finding the joy movement. My clients know that that's what it's about. And if you're not liking it, fuck it, do something different because it's not meant to feel like a punishment because I'm too long. And I think all of us feel like that. That's where like, how many times have you seen someone post like, oh shit, like I went off the rails this week and I got to get back on track. What track? I'm sorry, like which track is this? Whose track? What, is there a wagon to fall off of? Last time I checked, there isn't. And it just pisses me off when I see stuff like that, you know? Or never miss a men- Monday. Fuck, if you need to miss a Monday, you fucking miss a Monday. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, like I, just, I started doing dance of depression, um, the things like the little TikTok dances that I do. Yeah. I, just, I haven't done a few, like in a few days, just because of like everything that's been going on in the world. And I just like, I need to take a break for myself. And at first I was kind of like, oh my God, like I promised, like I really said I was going to do this every day. And like already it's like, I just started and it's like, no, but that's okay. Like I need to take time for myself and that's okay. Yeah. And so there's, so, you know, that happened. That led to being, I 100% am, and I still do battle and I will continue to battle. I know this with body dysmorphia, because I do not see what people see. So even though, and this comes to, this comes as a shock to a lot of people. So I remember talking to Becca about this on the show and she was like, wait, what do you mean? And I'm like, like when I watch back my workout videos, for example, and I edit them and I post them, I don't actually see what you guys see. (laughs) Like, I don't, like, it's not the same to me, but like, for example, if Becca takes like a screenshot of my video and sends it to me and says like, whatever, like we really encourage not making comments about each other's bodies. So she'll like send me a screenshot and be like, whoa, go badass you look in this moment, like something like that. And I'm like, oh, I do kind of look bad. But then it's like, Amanda, it's right there. Like, like it's, you posted it. Like she's not sending you anything different. She didn't edit the pic. Like it's just a screenshot. And that's terrible. It is. I don't wish this upon anybody because you can never be content. It is like a constant rat race. You're on a hamster wheel because you think you, oh my gosh, you think you'll feel better when you're X amount of weight and you think you'll feel better when you look a certain way or your legs are toned or whatever. But then like when they are, you don't notice. And so it's like a constant perpetuation of that's why I continue to be bulimic, right? Because I was working towards this like end goal that never came. And even when it did, I didn't think it did. So it was like a constant cycle and that's the thing. And then when I got a handle on my bulimia, I'm like proud to say I'm three plus years in recovery from bulimia, but that's huge. But the problem is that is huge. The binging doesn't stop. That's okay. You're, you're not, you're not, you're not, um, purging anymore. So that's, 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 yeah. And I mean, like that goes like, it's one of those moments sometimes like I'll be like, whoa, fuck. I just like, like, I'm really bad with like hands in the chocolate chip bag at like 9 PM. Like, I'm really bad with that. Like, I don't know why. Like, I'm just, such, I, have, I love chocolate I so much. Munchies, they hit me. Yeah. And I know that that's actually like a food Hard. thing. Like you're not eating enough food and that's like actually why, but there's like, you know, you should be eating this or more of this. There's always, there's, it always comes down to like, you're deprived of something, right? When you're, when you get that hungry and it's like, not like hunger, it's like, 
I could literally, you could put like a platter of a plethora of things and I could eat everything. But I mean, that's a lot for one person. Like just all stoners will come to you if you put out like- Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So I mean, bulimia, body dysmorphia, orthorexia, and then binge eating disorder. These, all four of them are very invisible illnesses. Like people, it's hard to get help for- I mean, bulimia and anorexia, hold on, I'm plugging this in. Bulimia and anorexia are like the known ones, right? Yeah. And people think that, oh, look, oh, you can like, anorexia has tells. It's like, it really doesn't. It, doesn't. it really doesn't. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we have this idea in our mind that like, you look a certain way when you're anorexic. It's bullshit. And we have this idea in our mind that like, okay. if you're bulimic, well, obviously, like, obviously, like I said, like plus minus, you know, then obviously you'll be lean or thin or whatever word you want to use. It's not a thing. It's just not a thing. Think about the, what we put our bodies through, like this shit. That's like literally shutting down your organs. That's why you lose weight because your body is like, dying. Hi. <laughs> yeah, I'm dying. Hi, I'm dying. Hello. So like, Come on. Or like when my dentist was like, so is there something you can tell me? And I was like, no. Oh yeah. They can see. Yeah. And it was like years, years, years. And they were finally, he finally called me out like one time. And I, it was like a very pivotal moment for me. That was when I was like, so it was my late twenties. That was when I was like, okay, I'll get, I'll, I went into, so I called them detours because I believe that you're on a journey. So I don't believe in this like permission bullshit. Like, Oh, and I relapsed. No, 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 no. Just like, like, there's no track. There's no relapsing. It's literally just a road and it's not linear. Like there's going to be twists and turns. I have been fully bulimic three times. The first time I didn't want the help. The second time I got the help. The third time I was like, but I'm getting married and I want to look bomb. So, mm-hmm. but that's like great. Like I think of it and even my poor husband, like he was like, I really didn't know. I'm like, oh, I know. For, Cause for that, I really kept it secret because I was like, ain't nobody gonna find out. Okay. I gotta look good in this dress. I was like real secretive. My grandma was like, why do you look like this? Like on my life, like so Portuguese, like so Portuguese. Like, because to be fair, when I went for my Kleinfeld's dress fitting the week before, it was like perfect. Okay. So I had like a lace, um, a lace, the sides on my dress were lace. So they took it in like as much as they could because I got a size, I got the size I was when I went in like a year out, right? And I was like, I went on a smaller size. And they're like, we can't do that. They actually like make you sign like a thing being like, if you want the smaller size, you have to sign this saying that like, if it doesn't fit you, you still pay for it and you get like the one that fits you. And I was like, okay, fine, I won't do that. So I picked the one that I was knowing that I would be smaller. Yeah. And uh, I went in and I was like, they were like, oh, okay, whatever. They did my adjustments the week before the week, like seven days. And then the day before my wedding, I went in with one of my bridesmaids and she had come with me the week before too. And she was like, what the fuck? Like the dress was like literally falling off me. Like we had to get tape. They were like, we can't take it in more. It's lace. Like they're like, you know what I mean? It's lace. (laughs) You can't. And so that was my wedding. Like I had literally my back it was like super deep and like my butt would have shown like they had to tape my entire back you can see it in my wedding photos like and people are and the thing is though right like what happens everyone's like oh my gosh you look so good oh my aim cutie you look so good of course that perpetuates the problem 
um, something that like a lot of people forget when it comes to food because people just think that food equals weight gain but something that I've learned as like like learning and like that's not how it works like your food also like has to go to your other organs too so it's like if you're depriving yourself of food you're depriving your body of working and like you know like something is going to give out you will like if you push your body too far it will let you know yeah exactly exactly it's like organ failure right like literally and and it's like it's like when you start I know that this happened to me like I started like my you could I'm like have a very nice complexion and I started looking like it was almost like jaundiced yeah like like you look like you haven't slept in days and like acidic like it looked like there was just like acid in me you know yeah and and I looked like like, a Simpson character like it was and uh, another thing is that if you like starve yourself or if you start doing that, you'll either grow more hair or your hair will get darker. Oh yeah, that happened. Yeah. Because, in like weird places, yeah, like, because, weird places. Because like you're losing so much weight and so much like fuel that you, like where the food that you're restricting yourself from that you think is fat, it also goes to your body heat. And so since you're depriving that, your body has to work harder to keep your body warm. So you start growing more hair. So, Crazy. Yeah, remember. You want to eat? Yeah. 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 I would love to be a Brad stall. I have. Like if I could, I would totally be a Brad stall. Same. Same. I've always wanted bigger eyes, you know, and they really covered that. Okay. I want, I'd want to be in the Barbie world. I want to be her horse. I would never be in the Barbie world. There's too much diet culture in the Barbie world. I just really like a horse. I just want to be there for the horse. Like that's it. I'll hang out with Raquel, whatever. Right. I feel like I never played with Barbies I feel like I went right over there I went right over Barbies like I was like well actually really fun to watch now if you're an adult watch Barbie life in the dream house it's really fun you'll like I don't think I've ever is that a show it's on YouTube it's like a series yeah it's like really bad but really good yeah we like Raquel because she's she's real (laughs) okay do you have another question yeah sorry (laughs) you're the one that keeps going off track I told you, I warned you at the beginning of this. This, this is going to be the longest episode you've ever had. Two people that both go off track. That's perfect for a talk show. <laughs> what helps you to overcome those like negative and unhealthy thoughts? Um, I sound so lame and I literally would have never thought I would say this, but I'm all about that mirror talk. So I used to body check all the time. Like I was like the queen of, you know, and you like park your car and you like catch your own reflection in like your car window. Like I was the queen of that. Like, just like, you know, like you, you know, you got ready at home. You're going wherever you're going. You like, you're good. You're like, I feel I'm good. I'm happy with what I'm wearing. Everything's great. And then like, I would get out of my car and be like, Oh, I don't know. I made a mistake. Like always body checking. And then first thing I do when I get in the restaurant before I even go see my friends is like, go to the bathroom to check the meat, like unbelievable. Um, And so I was like, I have a really toxic relationship with the mirror. So I was like, I'm all about like, remember confrontational. So okay, this is the problem. So I'm just going to talk to the mirror then. I like talking. So I was like, okay, I'm going to like, did some affirmation work and stuff. And it's hard for me. But when we moved into this condo, the workouts, which is this room, um, my workout space, we have not, not mirrors in front of where I work out, but on the side, because I was like, I wanted to be able to look at myself from the side because that's the tough part. Mm-hmm. The front sometimes is like easier because it's what you see more, right? Like you're on camera, you, but I wanted to be able to like 
look at myself and I'll do it. Like you'll see me sometimes in my workout videos, like I'll turn to myself and like, I'll literally like pump myself up or I'll stop and I'll like go and talk to myself in the mirror. Like it sounds so lame. I also have post-it notes all over my poor husband, all over like mirrors, like all over the house. Like you're resilient. Like you're more than a body, like those simple things. And it sounds like it is so cheesy, but man, like, it it's so important. And I love that reels is a, reels is a thing because I've made a, a, at a point of making my reels. I'm working on like getting more vulnerable with them, but I'm all about like the reels I produce are like literally like encouraging, like, Hey, you're more than a body. Hey, reminder, wear the shorts. Like they're super simple, but just reminders that people need. And I'm just like, that's exactly what I did. You know, like before there were like cutesy little options on social media to do like voiceovers of somebody else's motivational speeches, I was just pumping myself up. And it's cool because my job <laughs> as a coach, as a wellness coach is literally to do that for other people. I call myself like, I'm always like, just call me your personal hype human because oh, it's so I'm cool. all about like, but I'm like all about meeting you where you're at. You know, like when people are like, oh, AMQ, I would love to be as confident as you and just like wear shorts and not give a shit about the jiggle. And I'm like, great. So like, you you don't feel confident now? Okay, that's great. Like, then that means you have some work to do and it's trackable, but you're aware that you feel that way. Like I, for the longest time was like in denial. So you can't really do anything. You can't, you're literally stuck. I was like stalemate, like just there was no, I did not grow. There was no growth because I was like, I don't need, I am good. Eh, eh, eh. But when you're like, I need it, like I need the help, or you say, like, hey, I'm cute, like your energy is everything. Like I need that in my life. I'm always like, no, you don't. Like <laughs> you don't need that in your life. You just need to create it. So Brendan Bouchard has this great quote, and it's power plants are not made of energy, they generate energy. Mm. And it's interesting, right? People think I said, like, I call a lot of people out on this on a regular basis. I did it this morning on my stories on a regular basis of like you watching me be full of energy and sending me a message being like, you're so inspiring. I'm so motivated by you. Does fucking nothing for you. Like literally nothing unless, unless like the moment, the moment, which is, I'm sure is true that people do this unless like the moment you see me like dancing around, doing a pre-workout dance party or reading my personal development or doing my affirmations or whatever, unless in that exact moment you fucking drop your phone and you go do something for yourself, then that message doesn't serve a purpose. And I'm like, that's great that I'm inspiring you, but like, I want, I don't want you to be like, oh, she's so inspiring. Like, I wish I want you to be like, oh, wait, hold on, hold on. Let's, let's like somebody that came before me is doing something that I want to do, which is actual proof that it can happen. And that's why I'm so passionate about being like, yeah, 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 yeah. You can actually move your body and not hate your life. You can actually gain weight and be happier. You can actually be trying to get pregnant at your health, at your heaviest weight in a long time and not be trying to like drop 20 pounds in 20 days because you're like, I'm going to put on more weight when I get like, you can get to a point where you're just like, this is what it is. Like I'm going to embrace it for all it is. And anyone who makes comments about my body can fuck right off because they're the problem. They're Amen. the problem. Amen, sister. 
right? Like, why are you making comment about my body? First of all, I'm, I'm a lot of a person here. Like I have a lot going on. So I'm always like, of all the things that there is to say about me, like I, I am a big personality. So like, what, you're going to make a comment that my ass is bigger? Bitch, it's been big, okay? They called me Pocket Size JLo in high school because that was my nickname. It used to be Pocket JLo and people would be like, why is your name that? And I'd be like, you'll figure it out. (laughs) How does getting up and getting moving help you personally? Oh, it's, it's really cool because now I see movement as the physical part is like the last thing on the list that it does for me. I literally, when I move my body, but I'm happy about it, I, I'm just a better person. I just am. Um, it's true what they say. It's true what they say about endorphins. And because I'm just built to have so much energy, I'm literally like plugged into a socket all the time. I need that form of release, right? And I think here's the thing. The thing I said about the power plant thing earlier, I think that a lot of people look at someone, anyone, right? An athlete, someone who's very active, right? Anybody, me, I guess, is I'm pretty active. They'll look at you and they'll say like, oh, like I wish I had that energy or like I wish I could do what you do. And it's like, man, I started my journey from a place where I hated movement. Then I had to take time off movement altogether. I had to be like, nope, no gym for me. No, but put the weights away. Like I had like literal PH, like my therapist was like, you need to put away like anything that's workout equipment, like legit in a box, like under a bed, not like in a box in the living room and you know, it's in the box. And so you see the box like gone. And I took almost a year off, like a year, almost a year off in my mid thirties fucking 30 years of moving your body <laughs> um, because I because I was terrible about it and I couldn't get my shit in check and I was only doing it to like measure this and measure that and oh my gosh, I have to close my rings. And now it's not like competing with your friends to close your rings. Now it's like, I am pent up in this. I am safe in this condo. I'm not gonna say stuck, but I've been safe in this pandemic and I like to travel. I'm an extrovert. I wouldn't have made it through this pandemic. Like something would have happened to me, who knows what, but I wouldn't be like strong-minded and resilient and still in this version of myself if I wasn't moving my body. That's just, I would have gone stir crazy. It's just not, I'm not built to not move. One of my biggest fears, like, because it's related to this is A, one of my biggest fears is pregnancy, but you know, you I decided that I didn't want to not be a mom more than I wanted to, more than I didn't want to be pregnant. Does that make sense? <laughs> so, so I was like, oh, fuck, I guess I'll do it. So one of my biggest fears is pregnancy. Just because. Just because. That's scary shit. Your body's changing. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I've never been pregnant. <laughs> like I have multiple eating disorders. I have body dysmorphia. Like there's a lot of reasons. Yes. And my second fear is that I'm going to have one of those pregnancies where they tell me I can't be active because I don't <laughs> like, like I genuinely don't know what that means. Like, I don't know what that means. And so that scares me because it is my stress relief. I'm a very high strung person. I'm afraid I'll punch a hole in the wall. This is a serious concern. Like I'm quite literally the Tasmanian devil in human form if I can't move my body. So 
just brings me joy. I believe that movement should be fun. It, whatever is like, did your heart rate spike? Great. <laughs> you moved, you know, like this isn't like, I'm not, I'm not encouraging like being a couch potato always. I'm saying no move your body, but it doesn't need to be that like, Oh, like gym culture, like lift heavy bullshit. You know, my heart rate spikes when I have a panic attack. Does that count? Yes. Me too. Yay. <laughs> Apparently with Apple watches, that does, it does count. If you have a panic, it does, attack, it does count it. You're Perfect. right. And my friend told me that. I was like, Oh, good. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I'd be like, if I had one, mine would probably fall off my wrist. Like, is this good? Buzz right off. You're just <laughs> off the charts. Yeah. I'd be like, is this girl okay? <laughs> What's your favorite way to exercise? Oh, this question, I would have answered it so differently, like even a year ago. Um, I like, I like anything that's like high intensity. Surprise, surprise. So I'm a big, like, do something for like a short period of time and like rest and then like spurt of energy and then like rest. But I only like the small rests because I know I'm going to go that much harder. Like that's why I like hit. So I just love that. I love the whole like shocking the system thing and it's not boring. And before you know it, it's like over, like you just like, you know, did a 20 to 30 minute workout and it's over because you have those small amounts of rest. Same thing for me when I'm like running, I'm, I will never run a long distance. I have small little legs. Okay. It's not a thing. But if it's like, if it's like sprint for 90 seconds and then, okay, light jog for 30 and then sprint. Like, I love that. It's so freeing. Like when you can feel your heart rate go up and then you can like take the time to breathe and feel your heart rate go up and take, it's just, I don't know. I feel like it's like a metaphor for life. You know, like sometimes there's times in your life where you have to go, go, go. And sometimes you just got to chill. And I love that hit is that like balance. But this might surprise some, my second way, my second favorite way to move my body. Okay. Second favorite way to move my body is hiking. Huge outdoors person. You know, when I could travel, I did a lot, a lot. Can't do that much right now. So I do, we're, we're big on hiking. We're big on being outside. And then third way is yoga, which surprises a lot of people because I am not a very like Zen um, type person, but I haven't done yoga. I used to go to hot yoga and it was my like, oh, I just loved it. You like for me, my nerves, like when I would come out of hot yoga, I would be like, Zzz! like my nerves would be like in like the best way. Like it felt like my nerves were like leaving my body. And I was just like, oh, it just felt so good. I missed that so much. Yoga was like my only time in my day where I was like, okay, I'm actually, it's like forced relaxation. And people are like, what do you mean? Yoga's hard. Like, you know, yoga is not relaxing. But for me, it is like, yes, it's challenging. Yes, I'm like shaking in these poses, but it is like for me, it is, which is, I know, like very odd, but I like variety. Literally, that is what I offer my clients. I'm like, two years ago, I was like, let's go, like, let's lift heavy, like all the old school, like gold's gym type stuff, you know, like, bicep curl and like just chest press, like simple stuff. That was me. I was like lunges with tons of weight, like simple stuff. And now I'm like, no, <laughs> that's, that's not practical. Like I don't need to like chest press that much weight. Like it's just in life, it's never going to get me anywhere, but like having mobility, that's helpful, <laughs> you know, but having the endurance to hike up a mountain, 
comes from hit training. Like I train for life. I'm not sitting here like freaking throwing boxes around just for shits and giggles and say I have a, a PR. Like it doesn't matter because when I'm hiking and I can't keep up with like my husband, my dog, my friends, then what the fuck is the point really? <laughs> Who cares about the little check on your wall? It doesn't matter. So those would be my like three faves. Um, the way you talked about uh, like the nerves and like with yoga, even though it's like challenging, but you still found it relaxing. That's literally me with ballet. It's mm. like, I could never go into it professionally. I don't have the mental stability or the body mass index, um, but I could. That's a whole other problem. problem. BMI is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm also too short <laughs> um, to be a pro- professional, but um, I, I love it. And I, like when you said like your nerves were like, like mine would kind of do that too, but it's also like any problems that I had, like as soon as I walked into the studio, they were up in the air, they were up here while I could finally be down here and finally be calm and like in like the zone. And I really yeah. that. I get that. Yeah, I really appreciate it. And it was also um, seeing my body do what I love it to do. Really, really. Mm. Mm-hmm. So for the last question, um, I'm so glad that you said that you like to call yourself like a personal hype man, because like I um when I was at Humber, when I, I danced competitively with them. And uh, when I was with them, uh, they gave out awards at the end of the year and I got, uh, I was the hype man award. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, yeah. Uh, my friend ended up taking my award home, but I still won the award. And uh, yeah, I definitely did. I, oh, anytime anyone was backstage, I was like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> it was awesome. So how do you get hyped? How do I get hyped? Oh, you know, I'd love to be like, the simple answer is I toss on like the best 90s hip hop playlist. Oh, yes. Just yes. Jam. Like that is like. <laughs> Already, this is a great answer. <laughs> all about like Mace, Bad Boy Records, did some good shit. Um, but the real answer, like the more deep answer is I have found a way to make it my job <laughs> to literally hype other people up. And I will tell you, having the courage to be disliked and being okay with the fact that people will dislike you for being so hype is something that I've literally thankfully learned that it's okay. Not everyone's going to love you. You're not tacos. Like you literally can't make everybody happy. But I think it's so interesting because I get hype from watching other people get hype because at some point I believed in them enough, whatever enough means. And now they borrowed belief from me and now they started believing in themselves. Like I get hype watching that happen. And that could be like a month. That could be a couple weeks. That could be years. I just had a client of mine who went literally like people just go MIA, you know, like when they don't want to, when they don't want to tell you that they think they're disappointing you. So they'd rather just not talk to you. Been there. Um, just, she just, while we're having this conversation, she just texted me and she was like, thank you for believing me and continuing to reach out to me, even though I ghost you every day. Like I need your help. And like, that goes a long way, right? That's not easy to do, but I get so hype reading that because somebody trusts me. Who am I? You know, like I'm just somebody sharing my journey and someone's like, I need you. Like that means that is very valuable to me. So Honestly, I get hype watching other people be hype. And that's I'm I that's why I'm like a personal hype human because I get like you know when you hear about like 
other people's energy feeds mine. Like I don't stop. As long as I have people in my orbit who I enjoy being around, I will constantly be fed energy. I could be like sleepless and, you know, like all the things could be happening. I could be moving through multiple time zones, whatever. But if I have people in my life who give me energy, then I'll always be hype. That's my answer. Oh, that's a great answer. Um, yeah, those are all the questions I had. Um, thank you. This was so fun. Show. Yay! I'm so glad. This was so fun. Oh, I'm so glad. I, I really appreciate your questions as someone who's like a podcaster myself and puts together questions for guests. Like I super appreciate them. And I love that like some of them had me thinking. It's stuff that I haven't thought about in a while, right? Like where it all started that fitting room when I was 10 years old, like those are important things that make me me that I feel like it's really nice to go back there, right? It sucks sometimes and it's hard, but I've done a lot of the hard work, so it's not as difficult for me. But learning like where it all started, the root cause, and then being able to work from that is really good. So if anyone got anything from this, (laughs) I hope it's that you like you're, if you have an eating disorder, it doesn't define you. If you had an eating disorder, it doesn't define you. If you find yourself in a situation where you're, you have disordered tendencies, like just remember you're more than a body, like you're more than a body. And when you are getting dressed to go wherever it is that you you're going and you put on seven different outfits and you walk out the door and you're still not quite sure about that outfit, just know that nobody is paying attention, but you like, No one is going to be like, oh, remember that time? Like at your funeral, they're not going to be like, remember that time she came to the bar and she was wearing that romper and it was like very short and it showed her one dimple on her one right leg. Like no one cares. No one cares. We just saw that at the same time. No one cares. (laughs) No one cares. No one cares. cares. My my Angelou, that shit, they're going to remember how you made them feel. And your cellulite dimple didn't make them feel any type of way. It didn't. (laughs) So- Who cares?